you doing here? Oh, I was just in the neighborhood. You know, I just couldn't resist a little sneak preview. Hey, did Miranda come with you? Oh, no, no, I just, um, I, I don't think, I'm not going to be able to come to the opening, so just wanted to thank Aiden, you know, for inviting me, so it's the mulberry bush, you know, because the bar's on Mulberry Street. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, wow. Yes. Carrie, that's really, really sweet. Um, only, um, Aiden didn't exactly invite you, I, I did. Oh, you did? Well, yeah, because I thought, you know, Miranda might feel more comfortable if she knew that you were going to be here, so... So then, Aiden didn't invite me? Well, no, not exactly, but... Hey, Steve! Oh, hey, gotta, I gotta, gotta go. Carrie! All right, everybody, welcome to The Mirandas. This is season four, episode five, Ghost Town. And we have a special episode because we have another male viewer on the podcast. I know, we've been, the world, the podcasting world needs more straight white men. And so that's what we're bringing to the podcast today is more straight white voices. And um, we're super excited to have Corey on. Thank you, Corey, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I am a longtime fan of the pod, new-ish fan of the show, but very excited to be here. Oh, I thought it was the other way around that you were a longtime fan of the show, new pod listener. you grew up with sisters. So I think by just, what's that word? Just by like association or osmosis yeah. whatever you osmosis, want to call it osmosis yeah <laughs> i've yeah. probably seen most of the episodes um in the wrong order oh well yeah you know honestly this show isn't a literary masterpiece and you can kind of just pick it up wherever um no yeah um so for people who may recognize Corey's voice or mm-hmm. recognize his name he is our good friend and past guest zoe's husband they were you guys were recently married in december um also fun fact Corey and i are in the same book club right right we've I been in the this. same book club since covid it's kind of shocking that it's um been this long but we met this past sunday and something really wonderful about Corey and why we really wanted him on is because Corey loves rom-coms <sighs> Corey has like he's just i love that i know he's the kind of guy you want to talk to about movies books shows he likes talking about that kind of stuff that sometimes we ladies like to talk about. Corey, tell so. me about your uh, what your rom-com love. Tell me about Sex in the City and what you think. Like, let's just get into it. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start with Sex in the City, which is I actually didn't really like the show growing up. Um, That's fair. <laughs> I sort of boycotted my four sisters watching the show at various points. I've actually learned to appreciate it much more through the lens of the podcast episodes that I've listened to. Uh, I think you guys do a really good job of oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> showing the highlights in a show <laughs> that is uh, not the most sophisticated at times. And like you said, the dialogue can be a little bit dated and uh, strange. But I do appreciate the show for that reason. For the rom-coms, I don't really know what drew me to them. I think I can get really dark and say that it's because I came from a broken home and it was a really, <laughs> it was sort of my only example as to uh, what I thought love really was. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to think it was that. my education in relationships more than anything. 
That's so funny. Oh, man. I know. We, we talk about it in book club. We had like a very in-depth, like emotional conversation of book club, but like family, relationships, and love. And like, yeah, Corey always has like really poignant things to share. See, I, th- I feel like rom-coms have set people up for disaster though, right? Yes. Confirmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, the book we just read kind of talked about that, like the the, the false narrative that we're sold. And I think in the show Sex in the City, you kind of get a good mix of reality in relationships, but also some falsehoods. Yeah. Like Carrie would be – do you think Carrie would just be single? Like do you think in the show – do you think she, she, she's like a walking red flag? So I don't know if the show's super realistic that she would be like having these – great guys with her i don't know what do you think i don't think she'd be a very good rom-com character because i don't know if like she is likable enough to root for her to end up with the guy at the end of the show or the girl whatever the rom-com was but yeah i personally don't root very hard for carrie when i watch the show yeah (sighs) okay so that leads us to wonder we always ask our guests um any character on the show who do you most identify with like who are you which are character you, yeah are you a miranda not but so i talked to zoe about this earlier <laughs> um i've been stressed about answering this question because i have a few different <laughs> answers i think the simplest answer i can give is that do people give fusions or yes. do i have yes to- hybrids yes okay if i'm talking about a male comparison yeah. Zoe told me i am Aiden, but less of a pushover. Oh, oh that's a huge like, compliment. That's a um, wow. I love that. And I do like Aiden. I think he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. In terms of the actual main characters, I think Carrie probably realistically is the best comparison because <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I spend a lot of time as like a connector of people in my friend groups. And I think Carrie does one of her redeeming qualities is that yeah. she is a connector of people. Um, and I value connecting people in my life. Like our book club is a combination of my family. Um, it basically started with me, my family and a couple friends. And then we had Sarah join who is, she didn't mention the best book club human being in the history of book clubs. She's so book club means book so much to me. <laughs> she I've actually heard. might be the best book clubber in the world. Um, yeah. but, uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're you are a good connector of like different groups and people. Um, and I think that is something that Carrie does well. Yeah. Um, s- highly social as much as we shit on her and like we'll find a couple of Carrie trackers this episode. Yeah. Like her friends really like her. Like she yeah. really, like she definitely draws people in. Well, what's interesting is that in this ep- episode, Steve is kind of the connector. So why don't you get into your summary, your famous recap, Sarah? Oh, I like that transition there. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. It I kind tried. of worked. I had like two sips of wine. I'm like so loose. <laughs> I know. So she's got her, yeah, just, uh, Gilly has her mango white claw and then Dakota just walked over with like a big glass of wine for her. Aerated like red wine. And I was like, I'm going to swap that one out immediately. Okay. All right. So in this episode, Ghost Town, the girls are all dealing with something from their past. So Miranda has this fateful run-in with Steve, and he lets her know that he's opening up a bar named Scout, and she's kind of dealing with this, like, oh my God, he's successful now. Why wasn't he like this with me? And kind of grappling with um, this past relationship. Uh, 
uh, what's her name? Carrie finds out that Aiden is somehow Steve's silent partner in this mm-hmm. bar opening. And she's really grappling with this ghost in her past and kind of like feeling haunted by Aiden. Samantha in this episode is dealing with many sexual exes, and that's impacting her current relationship with Maria. And that kind of all comes to a head in this very ridiculous scene between Samantha and Maria when Maria confronts Samantha. And then Charlotte and Trey, Charlotte deals with Trey's past, the kind of like the ghost of Bunny, um, and kind of trying to establish her presence charlotte's presence in trey's life yeah right um you may hear some stuff in the background dakota's cooking so that's why bolognese. Um, he's he's making us some <laughs> bolognese but um yeah so that's the episode and it's a pretty good one. Oh, this is a iconic again another iconic sex in the city episode but um i want to give the floor to our man Corey and uh cold reed like where do you want to start thoughts on the episode I have a lot of thoughts. Um, (laughs) In my opinion, the two most interesting plot lines of the episode are Samantha and Carrie. Um, I think the Carrie Aiden situation, I have like a lot of thoughts on because I'm sort of both of them. apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And maybe we can start there. I, I think like the part that's most interesting to me is sort of this broader conversation around interactions with exes. And I think like the most poignant moment in the, in the episode is this like Carrie getting very upset when Aiden one isn't the one who invited her, which would have been absurd for him to do given how she treated him. And secondly, when he acknowledges her at the party and like gives her this head nod, it was she almost leaves because he doesn't give her the reaction that she's looking for, which I found oh. so absurd, so self-indulgent, crazy. So uh, that's kind of, I think, the most interesting plot line to me is just her handling of that situation. That was it? That's all I get? I don't even know what that was. I, I don't even know who that was. Was that Aiden? Does he look better or have I just been with a woman for too long? All right, that's enough. I'm going home. I don't even know why I came. Oh, because I begged you to. Come on, let me buy you ladies a free drink, huh? Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll meet you at the bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is kind of a complicated ex run in because it's not just an ex. It's an ex she really hurt and cheated on. Yeah. So she has like... I mean, I understand why she's so nervous to see him. It's not just running into an ex like Miranda and Steve. Like, this is somebody, I think the last time they saw each other, he was like in that terrible suit with that terrible (laughs) haircut. She had that. I thought he looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, like a tenured history professor. But, and so I think I get why Carrie was so nervous to run into him. Um, But Aiden had a lot of power in this situation. Just, um, he looks great. Opening up a bar. Like, this is kind of the dream ex run-in. He's like a shareholder in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) He's lost weight. His hair looks great. Um, But, yeah. So, I think just the overall topic of ex run-ins is a good one. So, have you ever had this moment with that kind of Carrie and Aiden had? As either the, like, whatever side. run-in or really anything. I feel very lucky to be a part of this episode because this I have a very relevant story to this. Oh, um, love, love it. it. 
So prior to my very happy marriage to uh, prior uh, participant in the podcast, Zoe, I, I was like, you're like, where, where am I going to? with this? Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Am I like, am she's I, for sure going to listen to this yeah. and we're going to have a nice chat later about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zoe, right? Yeah. yeah. My wife, I, I dated a girl in Chicago for several years after oh, college. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was like a serious thing. We dated for three years. Um, very toxic thing. One of the classic, you're, very full of emotions and hormones in your early twenties and everything seems like the biggest deal. We break up. I moved to New York away from Chicago. She ends up about six months later coming to New York and moving here. And we hang out and sort of like are starting to rekindle a little bit. At the same time, I'm seeing a couple other people um, because I'm single in New York and I am coming home from a date with somebody else. And I was like basically afraid of getting back together with my ex because everyone in my family would have hated me. All my friends would have hated me. It would have been a terrible thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like awful. I get out of a cab and see there's a couple making out on my front stoop on Mulberry street in New York. On Mulberry street. On Mulberry street. So fitting. Okay. My Uber driver, my Uber driver makes fun. Exactly. Very close to there. My Uber driver makes fun of this couple. They're like, Oh, look at these idiots kissing in front of your home. Oh Turns out God. it's my ex. I had seen her the night before. I have to literally ask her to get out of the way so that I can put my key in the door, what? which, oh. yeah. Wait, time out. Yeah. Did she know where you lived? She knew my street. Um, so she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly what she Maybe. was doing. Corey, I don't Corey, know. This, is a, this is a tale as old as time. It's the oldest <laughs> trick is, in the book. Yeah, the old yeah, drive-by. This isn't a maybe. This is a, she knew exactly where she was. Or landing. just crazy. You know what? Crazy coincidence. Nonetheless, what happens? Wait, what street is this, by the way? Mulberry. Mulberry, yeah. Mulberry and uh, Hester, which is okay. like oh. the heart of a very Lower unpleasant place to live. It's like yeah. on basically right on canal where all of the street vendors harass you all day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. What ended up happening was I took it as I'm not a religious person, but I took it at one of the first moments <laughs> that I took as a sign of God that we should probably just close this chapter of my life. She <laughs> took it as this is a disaster and I need to text Corey that I'm so sorry and call him a million times while I was upstairs with somebody else. Wait, so you it, were, you had someone with you. Yeah. Yeah. He, I was on my way back from like, a date. Oh, my oh God, but wait. so you brought the girl back with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. we were equally at fault, right? It wasn't yeah. like... Yeah, when you say you saw your ex the night before, had you guys, like, hooked up the night before? No. Or kissed? No. Okay. We had actually just, like, re-seen each other for the like, first time since she moved to New York. Um, oh. So it was this very intense night oh that we had. We went out to oh. dinner. We Mothers. talked for hours, and then this happened. So it was a... Yeah. A good sign to just not go back down that road, basically. Oh, my goodness. What a run-in. That's, like, a little stalkery, but um, wow. Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, so I... so she's calling you. Yeah. And then... She's what calling I, me. Does it kind I'm of just, answering. like, fizzle out? I basically told her the next day, like, I think this is a good sign that we should probably not do this. And oh. she basically called me out for this being the first religious moment of my life. And... We didn't see each other after that. A couple drunk messages here and there, but we kind of cut it off. It was a healthy thing. 
And now I'm married. Damn. And now you're yeah. married. What? <laughs> yeah, here I am now. What a run in. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Gilly, have you, we talked about this on the pod a lot that, that is a when you, in. let's say, would want to run into an ex, like you're looking good, it never happens. So running into anybody in New York is kind of a rare thing. So that's a crazy story. That's why I think like this person definitely probably knew where you lived. I think I've personally, I have like fantasized about run ins always, like always, but they have happened and I, they're awful and they're dreadful and I really wish they weren't. And I feel guilty, even though I owe nobody anything, but I feel guilty. You know, I, will I ran into like a sports store when I was with Dave. I ran into another ex in a, like a sports store in San Francisco. And I immediately was like hyperventilating. And I, and I told Dave, I was like, oh, my God, it was he so was probably, weird. He was he was probably good about it. Yeah, he was great. It was fun. I was like, oh, this is so strange. Um, well, the thing is, like, Small even when talk. I even when I see people I like, I avoid them. You know, like I'm a, I'm an avoider. Because if you're not in the you know, mode to, you know, like I will beeline it across the street like, to I avoid can't even somebody. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Let alone an ex. No, I'm not. Ooh. Not not doing it. Um, I think. Yeah. The interesting point you mentioned though is like this concept of people improving themselves post-breakup or the illusion yeah. that they've improved themselves post-breakup, which is a huge theme in the episode. Yes. Yes. And like you, to your point, like you really want to put your best foot forward in this instance. I did not. I realized afterwards I had tons of shit in my teeth. It was a disaster. But in, <laughs> in the episode, the whole theme is like Aiden looks better. Steve is, has done this thing that he's been promising to do. Yeah. Um, all of these exes of Samantha's have penises, which is exciting to her. So like all of these people have mm. seemingly improved since their time being with uh, their significant other. Inter- you know what? That's a great observation. Yeah, great I didn't observation write that down. I, this is probably a superficial comment. I didn't think Carrie looked that great in this episode. <laughs> so I thought I. that was pretty realistic. Like usually you're not going to maybe look your best. Um, and I like that they had Aiden look so handsome and even trim. Samantha. What was Samantha's line? Like, am I like, if I've been dating girls too, yeah. since he gotten cuter. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting that Carrie walks out. Like, we, if we want to, like, analyze this scene. Let's the do it. The writers did a great job. Great with scene. The music, the lighting, everything was done really well to kind of capture this moment of exes running into each other. And a packed you can, bar in New York City. Oh, right? Man. You can feel it. Yeah. Um, and... Well, one, I didn't think Carrie looked that great. I no, thought she, she looked didn't. like a ghost. She looks like a like a mortician. I don't know. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, has, uh, she gets the cake icing on her lip. Like, it's sort of intentional. Well, and yeah. she does a lot of mouth acting. I don't know yeah. if you've noticed that. She kind of like, uh, and then, you know, at one point, she basically like deep throats a she, piece of cake. She when fully she- deep throats cake, for sure. <laughs> She it was just like, she does this like counterclockwise like, lick. Yeah. She goes under and back yeah. up. It was yeah. this crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was like weirdest cake eating. It was Sarah and I were watching it. I was like, is it? Isn't there like a weird thing that happens with the cake? And I was like, like she and then it, it. And then she like deep. Yeah. Now you got your fingers all in it. Ah, oh, it's my cake. Now you want the cake? I never not wanted it. Okay, lady, you take the cake. (sighs) 
Because but, it was like I never like I never not wanted it. There was like some weird double negative. And then he like is like shoving the cake down. Shoving your call it. Yeah, just really you shoving. want it. <laughs> like he could was he trying to hurt her? We don't know. Was it sexual? Yeah. yeah. It was so weird. You could feel everything that was unsaid, right? Sometimes things aren't said because there's nothing to say and sometimes there's too much to Imagine say. Imagine being the director of the episode. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they're right. on Mulberry Street. Okay, now Carrie, what's going to happen is that this cake represents Aiden's big, <laughs> hard dick, okay? And you, you're not, you're not rejecting it, okay? You're accepting it. said this it. represents his big, hard dick. <laughs> Aiden, push the cake in her mouth. <laughs> Shove that big dick in her mouth. That's so terrible. I never not okay. wanted it. Yeah. No, it was both hypersexual, semi-violent, or not exactly true. <laughs> but, you know, Aiden probably does want to enact some violence some, against her. Right? Some like revenge. First yeah. of all, she really fucking hurt him. She hurt him. Oh, my God. She, she was awful to him. She did not deserve him. She doesn't deserve him again. And also, Aiden is in full, like, revenge body mode, right? Oh, he's in revenge body. <laughs> yeah. He looks amazing. He looks fit. He's got a great hairdo. And um, he's, like, asserting his dominance, which I think, I don't know. I don't mean to, like, read into the cake, but I do think that Carrie very much, like, through the cheating with Big, like, I think... He probably feels super emasculated. And I saw that cake as like a metaphor <laughs> for him being like, like, do you want this? Like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading. Into I, it. I think he was emasculated. Like yeah. she cheated on him for weeks, maybe months with her ex. Like, that's fucking awful. Corey, what's your take? What's your take? I think that <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of takes. Mm-hmm. I think, first of all, Aiden even like catering to this idea of getting back together with Carrie is mind blowing to me. I know. Like truly mind blowing. The question I have for you guys is like this whole cake thing. Do you think there was an element of like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. They kept mentioning it. And I don't know if this is like the book club version of me looking for something deep in a show that sometimes maybe doesn't have the depth, but I kind of felt like he was saying like, you want me, but you wanted me then. And, you know, I'm supportive in this, but you know, you didn't, you're getting this whole other Mm -hmm. thing from big. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Or are you ready to have your cake and eat it too with me? I don't know if there was something there. Yeah, No, no, it's absolutely there. We call this the AP lit analysis in which like a high schooler could probably do it. And um, (laughs) yeah, like, and she even says like, I never said I didn't want it. Like, they, yeah. this is a layered, highly contextual conversation. There's layer a, cake. It's a layer cake. There's a lot. <laughs> wow. That was yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a layered We're cake educated. of a conversation. <laughs> we went to Michigan. What? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and, and as we know, in the next episode, this does lead them to get back together. Um, and this was actually the episode after this is the one that I was like dying to have Corey on because it's like, you broke my heart. You know, he yeah. the, the pent up uh, anger, by the way, that's the pent up yeah. like emotion yeah. that comes out in that episode. It starts with the cake shoving and then it ends yeah. with him screaming on the street. He's just teasing it out with the deep, cake deep throat. And then he really <laughs> lets it out in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was perfect how this um, scene between them ended with him saying like, he's like peeks from the door, like, Good, good to see you, Carrie. You know, yeah. <laughs> she's like, good to see you too. And he's so coy. You can that in that moment, 
he kind of lost a little bit of that. You could see the hurt. In yeah, him. I think. Which no, wasn't losing anything. I think that but. he like showed, you know, he lost the poker face in that one. I had confronted my ghost. I had accepted and released him. But now I was more haunted than ever. Because what I felt out there was no ghost. It was real. Yeah. But I, you know what was really funny? I mean, back to like bluffing and poker face, like. For me, this is like one of my favorite scenes in Sex of the City. Like it, it's when they're at like, they show up to this packed bar and Carrie, you know, they she sees the humans part and she just gets a flash of Aiden. And she kind of mouths, hi. <laughs> and and he like doesn't say anything. Who does this? He like <laughs> he like no, he does not. Not. <laughs> and closes his eyes and she goes, that was uh, it. That's all I get. Like, I just yeah. found that's my care. That's one of my carry trackers where she expects so much more. Like, I don't know if it's validation or what from someone that she hurt. Yeah. I, and like, yeah, really de- like really like it was kind of a violent affair. It wasn't like a one time thing. It was like it happened a lot. How can she expect more from him. I don't know. Character I I wonder yeah. if and I read that situation as her. She had built this um this moment, moment, this meeting up so much in her head, and then it was a simple exchange. So I think it's one of those things where you build something up in your head, and then she's yeah. like, "That's it." Like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but from a selfish point of view, I yeah. do think she's expecting more from him. Yeah, in an unfairly, it kind of takes the path of like the traditional. You break up with somebody they move on and seemingly are doing better. And you all of a sudden feel like you want them all of a sudden. Cause Carrie mm. goes in the episode from, she's talking to Miranda at one point and saying, Miranda asking Miranda if she still has feelings for Steve and Miranda says no, which she evidently does. And then, you know, she says no at first. And then she's like, I don't know, but he'll never talk to me because I hurt him so badly. And basically the next scene, she's like, I can't believe he only gave me that after she yeah. just acknowledged how badly she hurt him. Right. And then in the yeah. next scene, she all of a sudden is back in love with him and wants to yeah. be with him at the end of the episode. It's just like you see somebody that you once had feelings for, they're better off without you. And all of a sudden you want them really badly again. It's, it's honestly a little bit sad. And it's something that I think it you is. see in life quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's sorry to interject, but I think it is really normal to like have that feeling where you like r- relapse and like, or like, Oh, like, you know, grass is greener on the other side. Like, why don't I have that? Like, why aren't I his special someone, whatever, whatever. But I feel like that's something that should last only a few hours or a couple of days. But I find it, yeah, like really immature of Carrie to actually act on it and try to get back with Aiden. Like, maybe she should just recognize that, like, that ship has sailed and it's like time to really move on. That would be nice. But yeah. his character is essentially yeah. a villain. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you you just want to tell Aiden, like, run. Don't do it. Don't get roped Don't into do it. Because, you know, we've watched the show and so we know exactly where this is leading. And it's it's fucking sad. But speaking of carry trackers, I think this whole bar scene was a carry tracker mm. for me. Mm-hmm. First off. This Miranda was the one who originally needed the friendship support yes. going to this bar. Yes. It's her ex. Yes. And so Carrie, funny. again, makes it all about herself, offers yeah. zero support to Miranda there. Yeah. Samantha then will kind of 
flash forward to then rewind. Samantha is post broken up with Maria yeah. in this scene. Yeah. Wants to talk about it a yeah. little bit about what happened. Well, she Gary. mostly wants to talk about the strap on. Okay, that is <laughs> I threw my back out. Oh, oh. How? Fucking Maria with a strap on. She fucked me. I fucked her. With all the fucking and talking, I had no idea men had to work so hard. How does a strap-on work exactly? Is it belted or... You know what? Could, could, could we not have the strap-on conversation right now? This night is hard enough as it is. My yeah. Carrie tracker was putting the kibosh with Carrie putting the kibosh on the strap-on yes. combo. Yeah. That's something I want to talk about at a bar. If you can't talk about it at a bar, where the fuck are you going to talk about the strap-ons? Yeah. So, um... Should we, I think we should get into the Sam uh, Maria plot point. I'd love to. I, I do want to touch really quickly about the bar, though. Like, I really do. Something I really love about Steve's character is that he really respects Miranda's opinion. And I love watching that. Like, in the bar, you know, he's saying, like, I wouldn't have done this without you. Like, she's like, it's great. He's like, is it? Like, I really love that he... um respects her opinion even though he has like a new girlfriend and all of that yeah they're Just they're they're a good example of good exes yes yes yeah yeah Agreed. Jessica. Jessica. Um, jessica but yes let's get into maria and samantha <laughs> okay so before this episode you have samantha and maria kind of um, really sexually explore each other in episode four. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a really interesting episode in which we do see Maria. I don't know if you watched the before one, but like Maria like squirted in Samantha's face, which was yep. shocking to see on TV. <laughs> you know? So yeah, like Samantha. Always shocking. Always shocking, regardless <laughs> of it's HBO or not. Um, but anyway, so you have this kind of like intense um, sexual intimacy between them in the episode <laughs> prior to this. And now Samantha's kind of now feeling the weight of a relationship. Because as we know, as a character, Samantha's not doesn't really love relationships. She's not super into them. Yeah. Um, and Maria is like playing every lesbian trope possible in this episode. Yeah. Right, like too much communication, too much emotional intimacy, too much physical affection, you know, just I don't know. Maria's a little bit love and passion. Yeah. Maria was annoying this episode. She paused because the sirens. All right, we'll pause for a second. Okay. Um, Yeah, I would say that Maria was, you know, but it's also like cultural because she's what, Brazilian? Like there was just like a lot of like love and passion there. They represent or they so poorly show people of color yeah on this like of course she had to play the like feisty latina yeah who, like fucking yeah. smashes um they play plates. like latin and music in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it's just awful <laughs> yeah. um okay so Corey, what is your take on the samantha maria dynamic i have many I mean, opinions so i'm ready for you <laughs> yeah, Gilly, I'm excited for yours. I mean, I, I think having watched the previous episodes, like I think one of the things I find a little bit frustrating about the show at times is uh, Marie, Maria, Marie, Maria, Maria, uh, Maria. She very blatantly says to Samantha, like, I don't know. I can't be your friend. I can't be half in like I'm going to fall for you. And Samantha seemingly has this growth moment where she goes into the bathroom and she's like, you know, without saying anything, she's like, I'm ready. Let's do this kind of thing. And then within an episode, she's basically totally frustrated and, and over it. And, yeah. uh, but 
I, I think it's interesting how the show sort of like portrays Samantha as a guy in the relationship and yeah, Maria huh? very evidently as, as the, the female character in terms of like the stereotypical behaviors. Yeah. Um, and I frankly find Maria intolerable. Like I yeah. was <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, we talk about running into exes and things, and I think that that's probably a challenging, situ- challenging situation that she was in when they were at that party. And basically every male there had slept with Samantha at some point, but the way she handled it, especially like clearly not listening to Samantha's needs, you know, she had, they do all this talking, right? They're in the bathtub talking and Samantha's commenting that they're talking too much, but Samantha's very clearly saying in those talks, I need more physicality. I need more passion. I yeah. don't want this. And for Maria to be so communicative, but not actually hear anything that Samantha's saying is, you know, regardless of kind of the more crazy elements of her in the episode, I actually think that she's not a very good partner either uh, from that lens. I, I agree. Yeah, that's a good um, analysis of the character of Maria, because I think, yeah, Maria kind I think Maria was magnifying qualities in Samantha that would be deemed undesirable in a partner. But really, Samantha's like being honest. She's saying like, this is what I need. Um, And Maria was fucking annoying. Like that bath scene made me cringe. It it was hard to watch the soap on the spot. Like everything about it, I was like, stop. I think what was cringy about it is that it was like, um, I felt it just felt like, I don't know. It just felt like um, Maria was like just so t- territorial over Samantha yes. in a way that was like, you will stay in this fucking bathtub <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I will sponge bath you. It did and feel- oh, you miss the dick. Well, let <laughs> me tell you what I fucking, you know, think about that. And it, it just felt like <laughs> Let this woman go. You know, a little bit of a prisoner situation. Yeah. Um, but I think what I thought was interesting is that, um, which you pointed out, Sarah, which is that, um, you know, Samantha has these various like male suitors between the bar and showing up at her apartment who are like, meet me later. Clearly like propositioning Samantha for sex. You let men come to your door like this in the middle of the night. Let it go. It's all in the past. No. It's not in the past. It's uh, serving his drinks. It's uh, on the answer machine. Is at your door in the middle of the night? All right, this might come as a shock to you, but I used to have sex with men. This man was here for nothing but sex. Yes, which I used to enjoy and haven't had much of since I got into this relationship. You call this a relationship? Well, it's tedious and the sex is dwindling. So from what I've heard, yes. Last man who shows up, they're wearing, she's wearing a blue silk satin robe. Samantha's wearing a pink satin robe, and you said that it was a very, what, like, heter- his and hers. Heteronormative, kind of, like, his and hers, kind of, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I was, it was interesting that they had, like, the his and her matching silk robe. Um, It probably would have al- aligned more with our theory if Samantha had the blue one on, if yeah. we're being totally yeah. gendered. Um, but, no, I thought that scene was so funny when the guy knocks on the door, and then he goes, and then she's like, get the fuck out of here! Like, but I, I guess, I guess what I thought was really what I find really interesting about like Maria and Samantha's dynamic is, is when Maria's like, how many men have you been with? Like, I personally don't think any person should, should have number. to answer that in a relationship. I think it, that question is set up purely for judgment 
Thoughts. Thoughts, oh, Corey. Okay, thoughts. what do you think, Corey? Do you think in a relationship people should know somebody's number? Or as, number. as I think Gen Z says, body count? Body Is that count? the new terminology for this? <laughs> I don't fully know, but body I'm going to check right now. I could, be, I could be so wrong. Notches on the bedpost. Um, Corey, what do you think about that? I'm not married, so I mean, <laughs> better answers than me. It's very funny. I feel like, you know, we mentioned the more hormonal, psychotic years of our lives when we're mm-hmm. younger and less refined than we mm-hmm. clearly are right now. Um, I think in those times, I asked that question a lot and I had that question asked to me a lot and I hated the answers. Like it was the source of fights. I remember like mm-hmm. one of my, the same ex that I ran into making mm-hmm. out on my stoop. Uh, like accounting, you know, she, I remember getting a number for her and then trying to think through all of the people and then like calling her out when the reconciliation was mismatched. It was like psychotic behavior, truly. And (laughs) and like, you know, when I answer it, there's no good answer, right? It's like, no matter what you say, it's bad. Now in my later years, I don't know if it's like because I'm more secure in my relationship or I have a much more functional, healthy relationship than I ever have. But, you know, Zoe and I took a very long time before we discussed it. I think like we never brought it up. It was sort of this thing we joked about. And then I remember like a year or two ago, we were kind of like having a fun pandemic day, like hanging out and it came up and Zoe was like, I'm kind of just curious, like, you know, we've we're married now or engaged at the time. And, you know, I kind of just want to hear what, what your deal is. And we had this conversation and it wasn't painless. Like it mm. certainly wasn't fun, but mm. it felt much more mature. And I felt much more able to have that conversation now that like, I feel that sense of security. Uh, you also had partner. a layer of trust, a foundation of yeah. trust already built. Yeah. Totally. But uh, you know, in general, like if you were to ask me point blank, do I think it's a healthy thing to discuss? Fuck no. No, yeah, no. I think it's a yeah. danger zone. Well, there are some people who like hearing about their current partner's past relationships. Like who, you? <laughs> it's, not, it's not me. <laughs> Many people have said. <laughs> uh, other people have said, no, it's not me. I have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It, trust me, it's not me. Um Anyway, I did um, consult Urban Dictionary. Body count does refer to either how many people you've killed or how many people you've had sex with. So we can y- use or that term. Both. Or yeah. both. What do you do for people that you had sex with and then murdered? Is that yeah. a separate terminology? Or? That's so funny. Um, no, I think it – well, I thought this conversation between Smith and Maria was really funny because Maria said so proudly 12. And then Samantha's like – and then she's like, have you slept with more than 12 men? And you can just see like Samantha wheels turning like oh god well i i personally just think that um i don't know like <sighs> this show like this pro- episode is probably from 2002 right like mm-hmm. i think that if and i hate to do this but to put it in like binary terms but if a man if we were to watch a man asking samantha that and have such a violent reaction with throwing the plates on the floor, I think we would be having a different, like, watching, viewing experience. Oh, yeah. Well, we do this a lot with a show mm-hmm. in which we turn the genders around and we say, like, well, if a man did that, it kind of wouldn't be acceptable. I want passion. I want fireworks! Oh! Do you want fireworks? I saw you fireworks! <laughs> ah! That's fireworks! Oh! What are you doing? Yeah! Stop it! Ah! No! Stop! Oh, my God! 
Maria basically lost her shit because like Samantha has been sexually active. Like she didn't cheat on her. You want fireworks? Yeah, <laughs> she just voiced so that crazy. Yeah, that she's like, um, I want passion. I want fires. Samantha's just trying, and then Maria. The scene is amazing. First of all, when we are watching it, Gilly is like reenacting it. Yeah, ping you, the little one. Ping, um, ping. Yeah. No, I was so I was stressed out during that scene. It, yeah. it felt like they they were romanticizing like people with like love great- and passion. <laughs> yeah, it felt kind of wrong, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like. It was, I mean, I think Maria is completely entitled to being like, what the fuck? Like, here I am showing you my love, but you want more passion? Like, what fucking else do you want from me? But, I mean, it doesn't warrant personal property really bothers me. Yeah, it doesn't warrant throwing her, like, freaking plates on the ground, you know, breaking all her stuff, but... I, I, yeah, I, I think it was it, it was really unfair of ultimately of Maria to just be angry at Samantha. Like this is who Samantha is. She's was, sexually active. Yeah, and it was kind of hard to watch. Like th- throughout the episode, Maria just dimming Samantha's fire. Like mm-hmm. if there's one thing I love about the show, it's Samantha's fire and unequivocal. Um, you know, being herself all the time, right? And yeah. I I hated seeing her needing to curb that and like her needing to hold things in and her not being able to express her sexuality and her even like, you know, I think in some instances, if her friends had asked her what her number was, she would have potentially been proud to tell them uh, yeah. that it was very high. But in this instance, it just sort of felt like Maria was the antithesis to all of the things that make Samantha great. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. observation. Well, I wanted to, so I do want to get into Charlotte's plot line, but I wanted oh, to ask you guys Char- a quick question before I forget. Yeah. What? A note that I have in this episode is that I actually agree with Carrie. If I found out when Carrie gets to the bar with the mulberry bush, she talks to Steve and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad like Aiden invited me. Something along those lines. And Steve is like, well, he didn't exactly invite you. I did. I agree with Carrie. Like, I would not want to show up. My my question is, would if... If you found out that you didn't get the invite from Aiden and your Carrie or whoever you are, your yourself, Corey and Sarah, would you go to support your friend who was invited, who really needs the support? Here's the thing. I don't know if she really needs the support, but mm. you know what I mean. Here's the thing. There is Steve is a good guy, right? We can all agree yeah. on that. There's yeah. no world in which Steve invites Miranda and Carrie without running it by Aiden, right? Like that would be the worst friend slash business partner move ever to just randomly (laughs) invite your ex that broke your heart into a million pieces to your brand new business opening. Yeah. If Steve did that unequivocally, no, knowing that. Yeah. I think it would depend on your intention. I think if Miranda genuinely wanted Carrie there and needed the support and Carrie wasn't just going clearly for her own selfish purposes and to make the night all about herself, then I think it's a good friend move, knowing that Aiden okayed it. Okay, so Corey, I'm going to do a little role play with you. Though. <clears throat> Great. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. You're Aiden. I'm Steve. I want to know what this conversation was like. Ooh. Hey, uh, Aiden, uh, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on me inviting Carrie to the opening? It would really help out Miranda. Yeah, I just thought I would invite Miranda, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. 
and go. Aiden is a nicer person than me, but if I were Aiden, the answer would be a resounding fuck no. <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't think they had the conversation then? You don't think he ran it by him? I think he must. I mean, in theory, I hope that he did. But if yeah. I'm Aiden and this person genuinely broke my heart and this is like a real business thing for me and I need to mingle, <laughs> it sounds like a horrible business decision to, to have mingle. your ex come. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. How distracting I, is that? I think Aiden probably like was like, well, first uh, off, yeah, sure. We also don't know what Aiden's thinking. Aiden loved Carrie. Yeah. Aiden loved her. He was heartbroken <laughs> by her. Like he may be wanting to see her get back with her, but he's not going to invite her. That'd be too weird, right? Like he's showing his hand too soon. So maybe Steve kind of helped him out by inviting her. Yeah, I feel like Aiden was like, oh, yeah, invite whoever you want. <laughs> go for it. Uh, yeah, if Carrie wants to come, that's fine. But yeah, do, you think she'll, do you think she'll come, Steve? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Do, is she coming? Did she say? No, but and as a, here's know, the thing. The if I was Steve as a friend, I would want to make my friend Aiden look good, right? I'd want to yes. give him a platform to run into carry in a very like controlled environment in which Aiden is guaranteed to look nice, be there, kind of be topped off. And you know that Steve is like looking at Aiden being like, you look snatch, Aiden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you think men think that way, though? Something that I've learned from Dakota is that women and men think so fucking differently that I think that every interaction is like layered with so much meaning Whereas Dakota's like, no, this is exactly what I said. No, I Just think, interpret what I said. I feel like your boys probably pump you up, right, Corey? It, yeah, I think you're, if you have a good friend and they have any sort of emotional intelligence at all whatsoever, <laughs> they would consider a couple things in this situation. Number one, is Aiden actually okay with this happening? Number two, <laughs> is Aiden going to look fucking fuego on this night so that he <laughs> makes... <laughs> His ex hate everything about herself. And number three, is yeah. this going to impact the biggest night of our bis- our brand new business? Yeah. Those are the three questions I might ask myself if I was Steve. Is bad PR good PR? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. No, but I thought that uh, I like that Steve and Aiden are friends. Me I too. Kind of a cute thing. Me and too. it really makes me wonder where the show goes with their friendship because yeah. Steve is like a recurring I mean he's he's in, yeah. he's in fucking it just like that like yeah. we never really hear from Aiden again yeah. so I wonder if that friendship is just like after yeah. Carrie's like second breakup yes. <laughs> Aiden's like fuck you Steve yeah yeah um he just but, killed himself in the show okay. just kind of wrote him off <laughs> right yeah. so um interesting uh thing with Charlotte and Trey mm-hmm. and you know Charlotte has moved back in with Trey um, and Trey's apartment is hideous. It's been decorated by his mother, Bunny, who is like another kind of villain, but awesome character on the show. And it really makes me curious about the stereotypical um, bad mother-in-law. And you're in a great position because you have Karen, who's like the sweetest mother-in-law ever, like Zoe's mom, who's just like a sweet, oh, sweet oh. woman. Yeah. My mother's um, also named Karen, and I was like... Uh- <laughs> different than how you just described her. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's, it's a funny Zoe Corey's mom. They're both in Karen. Oh, I didn't know Yeah, that. but um, Zoe's Karen. mom is like such, such, such a sweet um, mother-in-law. But I thought that, um, I think Bunny plays like a great villainous mother-in-law. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I just love that scene with her rubbing Vic's um, 
what's that? That fucking rug. Paper rug. You love yeah. that scene? I've, I, I wanted to throw up watching that scene. <laughs> yeah, I too. loved it because it was so bad. We were watching this for like, <laughs> this fucker has a sore throat and his <laughs> mom is staying over rubbing on his Doting on yeah. him. Yeah. No wonder he's got like weird sexual energy going on and like sexual habits, you know? Well, well yeah. And this is, and this is what I, I, I meant, I noticed at the end, right? Like, Finally, he's recovered from the sore throat and him and Charlotte are having sex and Bunny walks in and he has still maintained his erection after having an interaction with his mom. If that's not a red flag to Charlotte sexually, (laughs) like, come on. Okay, you're having sex with with Zoe and your mom walks in. No, I just don't think you can keep going. I'm not having sex for six months after that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. There's, yeah. Okay. What do you think? What do you think is better? What would you rather? Would you rather be uh-huh. walked in on by your parents oh, or on, walk sorry. in on them? No, that's a, that's a good. Would you rather question? What age? What age am I when I walk in? Because I'm a little worried about like the psychological impact of this for me. Well, my mom listens and she knows I walked in on my dad. Okay. okay. <laughs> it was a terrible. No, you're right. It was traumatic. Okay, okay we're aged now. Right now, like Charlotte and Tracy. I think I'd much rather walk in on my parents than have my parents. Like I don't, and I guess it also depends on what I'm doing. Because like. <laughs> If we're just missionary, maybe it's fine or like, you know, some of the standards. But if I'm doing some like kind of weird shit, I think my mom <laughs> might have a heart attack on the spot. So I think I just, Wait. for her safety, I would rather walk in on her. That's so incredible. Yeah, no, I, I'm team Corey in this one. Definitely um, going to walk in on my parents. You know what? Good for them, right? After yeah. a certain age, you're kind of like, that's good. And it's actually the reverse. Like if they yeah. walk in on me, I want it to be like a really basic position. If it, I walk in on them, I want it to be fucking weird. I want to see <laughs> the weirdest shit. <laughs> I just want to be proud of them, you know? That's, <laughs> you go. You can do it. Yeah. What's, that, what's that meme that's always like a, millennials are always like eating ass? Oh my god. That's <laughs> horrifying. Sorry, um, no. That might not be what I want to walk in on mom doing. <laughs> teach them. Oh, my God. Well, um, poor Bunny. She's learned to not walk in on Charlotte. And and she saw nothing. She didn't see anything. Um, Okay. What fashion are we calling out this episode? Oh, my God. She's fashion roadkill. But my first question before that is, Corey, whose style (laughs) do you like the best out of the four girls? Just like throughout the the series. Series? Yeah. I have so the p- person whose style I like the least is Charlotte's because it reminds me of like every country club mom in history, which is not totally my vibe. Yeah, I kind of generally vibe with Carrie's outfits, except when they're I hate them. Yeah. Um, but I think that she's got the most interesting style. She wears clothes well. Um, yeah. I feel weird even saying I can't believe I just said that out loud. I think that's the first <laughs> time I've ever said that sentence in my life. She it's wears a great sentence. Well. She wears yeah, I know exactly what you mean. First off, she's got a great body. She has a really yeah. good body, and so she can fit into things. And, and like, she, she confidently wears. She wears it confidently. Pieces. Agree. I yeah. think Mar- I like Miranda's kind of swaggy business vibes, though. Like she wears <laughs> a pantsuit really well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like if I had to choose, I would say Miranda. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Like low key. 
Loki, I know because I don't think yeah. anyone's ever yeah. said that in the history of the show. So I like that answer. Um, any any call, fashion callouts for you? You know, there's episode? nothing that I, like that really stands out that yeah. I love. But something that like cracked me up was Samantha's gold satin gloves after she had just been like using a strap on. Like it just was such a funny juxtaposition. Yeah, and she's like. <laughs> Walking around kind of like a robot with her like gloves, like gold satin gloves. C-3PO. Yeah. And I find that like, I don't know. Okay. Maybe this is like a hot take or maybe not a kind thing to say, but I find that often like Samantha's choices, like fashion choices, like age her in a weird way. Well, she looks like a. Why is she wearing like gold satin gloves? She leans very 80s. Like Jessica Rabbit. Like, I don't know. But if we were to think about her age, right? She is older than the girls. Yeah. So probably when she was young, yeah. 10 years right from the show, was probably 80s. Yeah. So I think she leans more like yeah. bright pop of colors. Yeah. Interesting it textures. Is a more it looks a little cheap, but you know it's not. Um we've already summed up that Carrie looked like shit. A ghost. Uh, yeah, she looked like a ghost. The mer- the makeup was very gaudy and garish, I found. Yeah. My um, one call, I didn't have a ton. Oh, this is my fashion call out. And you actually called this out too. I loved Charlotte's lingerie when yes. she's confronting Bunny about the Vicks like rub stuff. I had this like tiny floral ditzy print and her arms like, looked great. Most women don't cleavage. wear that. They're just no. wearing like t-shirts and shorts. But Charlotte sets a good standard for like what women could wear to bed. Yeah. It looks nice. I personally um, need to let the girls breathe as much as possible. Like no straps. Everything needs to like be loose. Yeah. Let those titties out. <laughs> I don't know about you, Corey, but you know. I what you, Yeah. What fancy, fancy PJs <laughs> are. I don't know. I'm a boxers or shorts and no shirt kind of guy. I'm, I Got run it. quite hot, so yeah. I I try to minimize clothing uh, as possible. That's Dakota too. I'm um, sort of shocked in hearing your responses because I thought there was one unequivocal clear winner in terms of Ooh. outfit choices. Not a main character, so I don't know if I'm veering off course here. But no, tell us, Bunny. <laughs> Bunny. Which time? Every time, every time Bunny was on screen, I actually took notes because I knew this was coming and this was the part I felt least prepared for. I, all right. So in, in the first time you see her, it's in the mattress shop and she is in an entirely purple ensemble, all different shades of purple. She's in a purple pantsuit with a purple hat and a purple bag. She looks absolutely absurd and then proceeds to keep mimicking that same pattern where she matches everything together like with like these really outdated pantsuits for the rest of the episode, she fucking rocked it. I thought she's killing it. Bunny rocked it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm Bunny, Bunny rocked it. The only thing I didn't understand, and I I also need to look <laughs> up, is what a dust pe- bunny or a dust is. ruffle. A dust no dust idea ruffle. what that was. She bunny. loves those things. <laughs> oh god, the the bed conversation was so funny. Um, so a dust ruffle is this sheet that goes over the like bed frame. Um, that below the below box spring. that it kind of lies down and it like collects the dust on the floor and it hides under the bed. Hide stuff that you put. Under I used the to bed. have one because my but mom, it, my mom thought of mm. it. But also dust, dust ruffles, I feel like are like pretty 80s and 90s, maybe 70s. Probably Is like a bed skirt. Bed skirt. Yeah, it's like a bed skirt, but it's like uh, it's ruffled. It's, you know, it's more of a, like a pleat or a, like a ruched. 
Yeah. Mm. All right. Ooh. There you go. But now, um, like, if you look at bedding now, it's like bed frames and stuff like that. Well, that's what Charlotte was saying. Yeah. Like, oh. super modern. Yeah. She's like, come on, Bunny, get on board. Um, yeah, Bunny is a ridiculous character. Um, but, yeah, that's a good that's a good call out. So All we right. like to let our guest write yeah. the episode. So, Corey, out what of are you five this? Manila Blahniks. I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. And you could, you can say anything. Have yeah, I've, thought, I've thought a lot about this as well. <laughs> I, so you guys mentioned it's a great episode. I don't, I didn't love this episode. Oh. Um, I would give it like a three. <gasps> um, <gasps> I just, I found, I found it to be in between a bunch of episodes that I really enjoyed. And I think the next episode is particularly good. Yes. But this episode, it just felt like I, I was really not into the Charlotte plotline at all. Like, couldn't be less interested. And Maria generally just made me want to hurl myself out a window. So those were kind of the bits that I couldn't really relate to in the episode. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so a three. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but Jason has this like ongoing. Actually, I don't know if I can say it on the yeah. air. Well, anyway, these ratings up. will come to our resident stats man has a whole has been collecting well, we're data do a whole on our episode ratings. about our ratings. So we've got a three from Corey Gilly. I have mine written down. Me too. I have not been influenced. Let's by say it. Three, one, two, 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 one, four, four. four. OK, four. Can I tell you why it's a four Please for me? me? It's a four for me because I found that one of the most relatable points was like Carrie, like trying to figure out if she was like invited or not to the party and the over analytics around that and how that's love that just, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yours. That's yeah. just like the thing, like got the female brain going in that episode, in this episode. Honestly, the obsessive rumination yes. really resonated with me. Yes. So yeah, it's a four just for that. Yeah. It's a four for just the neuroses. Yeah. Um, Corey, thank you so much for coming on the We're podcast. We're so happy you came on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cannot wait to keep this season four going. Because season yeah. four, you're right. The next episode is so, so freaking good. And this episode, episode five, really sets up the rest of the season. I've said that about like every episode. Yeah, yeah, though. no. No, 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 it does. Because Aiden's now like. Aiden's back in the picture. Back in the picture. Yeah. Aiden's back in the picture. Um, yeah. Any so, final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. Just, I will be anxiously awaiting my next invitation <laughs> to the show. I love oh, being here. This was a blast, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I we, wonder if I could love ever to get like a, a book club version of the podcast. <laughs> I'd love to have like a male version where we have a bunch of the male listeners. If we could get room Jason and I just host our own episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would die. If we could get Scott in there too. Oh! You should get Scott on an episode. He would be exceptional. Yeah, he'd be a fun guest. Um, All right. Well, everybody, that is episode five, and we will see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye, little, what are we going to say? Chocolate cakes. (laughs) No, that's for for episode four. The deep-throating of the cake? Oh, shit. (laughs) Bye, little little pieces of cake. Bye. (laughs)